Worship team, I appreciate you guys so much. Once again, I just want to say thanks to our our worship team, our sound and media crew that are making this uh, our online streaming available. Uh, what an awesome time of worship once again today. Uh, I hope that you guys are, are just able to enter in as much as we're entering in here. The Spirit of God is alive and uh, just a powerful time of worship. I want to just continue right in uh, kind of on the, the subject that we were on last week about our chains are being gone. Uh, before we do that, I want to I wanna take a minute to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for your continued faithfulness as a church, for your continued giving. Um, the ministry of this church hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, I know that we're not together, and that really stinks. Um, we, we don't like it. We don't think you like it. We miss each other, and we want to be together. Uh, but the the functionality that we're continuing to to be able to minister to people in our own church community and outside of our own church community in the greater city of Waterville and beyond, uh, even to our missionaries all over the world, is due to your faithfulness and your continued generosity to the Lord. So I want to thank you for giving. Uh, last Sunday, Easter Sunday, I said nothing at all about the offering, and uh, you continued to remember to give. So thank you for those of you who are giving online. You can give online. You can drop a check by. We're usually in the office Monday through Thursday from about 8 to 4. Um, or you can, like I said, go to our website. But I just wanted to say thank you for doing that. I also want to let you know that Monday night, that's right, tomorrow night, we're starting something kind of new and exciting. Um, for as long as we're continued to uh, be asked to maintain the social distancing, which I'm not sure, uh, honestly, how much longer uh, that's going to be. We're taking one day at a time, but I'm really believing we're going to be back together again very soon. Um, but until then, we're starting a, an online um, weeknight fellowship, and it's going to be uh, starting Monday night this week at 6.30. So we want to encourage you to tune in, and the way that you do that is you get an email from the church office, which Natasha has already sent out, inviting you to be a part of that, that meeting. That way, you'll, it'll be kind of like this video camera, but you'll be able to interact a little bit. Um, and so that's going to be with, uh, I'll be here tomorrow night, and then the next week, it's going to be on Tuesday night, and if we continue to go on, the next week, it'll be on Wednesday night. We're going to kind of rotate the nights uh, to give people who have small groups and other things going an opportunity to, to join in, so it'll be an, a, a weeknight fellowship where we'll all be together on Zoom, the whole church, as many of you as that would like to, and then we'll, um, we'll uh, sorry, lost my train of thought, we'll, we'll be doing that Oh, some music, and then I'll be doing a, just a brief word of, of encouragement, kind of where we're at, where we're headed. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure uh, how much longer we're not going to have services. My, my belief and my thought is that we're going to be back together again very soon. Um, I'm not going to say exactly when yet, but I think it's going to be very soon. Also this week, though, again, in, until that time, we're, we're moving forward. We're starting a Wednesday night a partner's class. Maybe you're interested in being a partner. Um, so just like Monday night, it's going to be at 6.30, but on Wednesday, it's for people who want to become a member of the church, partners of the church. And I know you say, well, that's kind of weird that we're doing that when we're all set apart. Well, like I said, we're continuing to move forward uh, as a church. And so if you're interested in that, all you got to do is go on our website, click on the link to contact the office, and an email will go to Natasha saying you're interested, and we'll send you... Um, 
a link because that online uh, partners class will also be on Zoom. So you may have already received the email. If you didn't, that means your emails from the church may be going to your spam box. Um, that's what happened to me. I wasn't getting emails from the church office and I said, what's wrong, Natasha? Uh, and Brian helped me to fix that or Zach did uh, to make sure that you're getting emails uh, from the church office. So take your Bibles this morning and open up to Romans chapter eight. We wanna get right into the word today. Uh, as you're turning there, Romans chapter eight, um, maybe you have not yet heard, uh, heard of the um, online video TV series called The Chosen. Uh, Christy shared that with me this week, and so my wife started watching it, my wife and I, uh, and the family, and it's an amazing series. You can go right on YouTube and uh, just click uh, or um, type in The Chosen, and there's eight series. I just started watching it two days ago, and I think I'm through series five already. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So thank you, Christy and Natasha, for telling me about that. Uh, it's a great little thing you can watch. There's a lot on TV right now, uh, but there's not necessarily a lot of great stuff, um, so you might want to check out The Chosen. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and I want to continue to talk about uh, chains this morning. Last week, we, we uh, sang and introduced maybe a new song to many of you uh, called Gone. My chains are gone. My sins have been washed away. And I wanted to kind of continue that a little bit more this morning. I gave a, a gospel and a salvation message last week, but I really want this to sink into those of you who are believers, because there's many people that are believers that still carry around these chains. And, and it's something that is a struggle for so many that, that they don't understand the freedom that, are, that is ours, that we have been set free. And, and what does that really look like and how does that work? So Romans chapter 8, our text this morning, we're going to be talking about four marks this morning, four uh, marks that tell us whether a person has been set free or not. And so how you can know if you've been set free and live like you're set free. Maybe you're a person that's tuned in online this morning and, and maybe you haven't invited Christ into your heart to be your savior. Uh, and maybe you're not in Christ yet and you don't know what that looks like to be free. So we wanna really look at Romans chapter eight, which is really the heart of the Roman letter, uh, Paul's letter that's considered to be really God's glorious gospel because it gives us hope and it gives us help. And if we're ever in a time that we needed hope and help, it's right now, right? We need hope and we need help. And there are many people right now who are locked up inside their homes and who are also bound by so many chains and so many shackles that are binding us. Uh, that first song that we opened with this morning um, Chainbreaker was a song that I requested that Sean do today. Uh, if you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, that's a song by Zach Williams. And it's such a powerful message that there's a better life. There's a better way. You don't have to walk around bound up in those chains. My, my friends at Teen Challenge, I hope you guys are tuned in today, but uh, that's, I know, a song that is so near and dear to many of their hearts. He's a way maker. If you've been looking for a way... He's the guy who makes a way, it's God, and he breaks those chains. So that's really what the, the, the context of, of our message this morning is about. But I wanna go back in time a little bit for you old school people out there, and you know who you are. You're old school if you're over 45, all right? So I'll give some of you a break, you know? All right, you wanna be old school too, Christy? All right, <laughs> she's like, no, I don't. Um, 
There's a song that maybe you remember. is written by Albert Brumley. It was an old gospel song, and it was called, He Set Me Free. Any of you guys remember that? Once like a bird, in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. And what? Sing it. And glory to God, he set me free. Do you guys remember that one? That's an old one. Uh, Pastor Zach's like, nope, I'm young. That's for us oldies, all right? That was a great song. He set me free. He broke the bars of prison for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus to see. Praise the Lord. He set me free. You know, I, I remember those songs when I was a kid growing up in church, and I can remember in that little old, it was an old church. I lived in South Carolina at the time. Uh, I remember people getting so excited about songs like that. And, and I, I, I see there's an excitement welling up in the church again today in our worship. There's a, there's a passion that's coming back alive for understanding and realizing that we've been set free. But listen, when you sing songs like, gone, gone, my sins are dead and gone, or when you sing songs like, he's a chain breaker, that should do something on the inside of a person who's truly been set free, right? Uh, There's another song, it's called, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night, I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight, praise the Lord, I saw the light. Some of you remember that one too, right? Well, listen, it's written that Hank Williams actually wrote this song about his personal religious uh, convictions, even though he struggled with alcohol and and those own little demons. But in his own words, he felt set free. And so this morning, as you're looking at our text in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, uh, verse 2 says this part. It says, in part, Jesus Christ has set you free. And I want you to think about that with me this morning for just a minute. Think of a time when you were really set free. And for those of you who've been serving the Lord a long time and maybe you're home watching TV and you said, yeah, I've, I've, I've known the Lord for a long time, but can you remember back to a time when you were locked up, when you had some addiction or something and that you just weren't living the, the spirit-filled free life that Christ had planned for you? I can remember as a kid, uh, I also lived close to, when we moved from South Carolina to Connecticut, I grew up, really I call Connecticut home, uh, not far from New York. And I can remember visiting the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir or church with the Brooklyn Tab Choir and Pastor Jim Cimbala. And I remember going into an auditorium. In fact, I did a youth, uh, a youth missions trip there and we did an outreach. I was a young youth pastor at the time. We did some outreaches in New York and we would go and visit that church every time we went to New York because I, I was amazed at the energy, the excitement, the enthusiasm of a building absolutely packed with broken people who had been set free, many of them formerly working the streets as prostitutes, as drug dealers and drug users and addicts to the nth degree. But there was some type of energy in that church, I'm telling you, that people who had been really lost and really broken and really bound to chains that had found freedom in Christ, man, there was a passion and and something inside of their hearts that just was alive and it erupted. They were truly excited. 
And I don't know if you're worshiping the Lord at home today and singing these songs with a spirit inside of you that is truly excited. Like I saw Heather getting excited today. We should be excited that we've been set free, church. And I, I, want, I want you to realize that sometimes we become so kind of crusty and old and lethargic and like, yeah, I know Jesus set me free and that's great. Praise the Lord, I've been set free. Listen, you need to understand the chains and the shackles that have been broken off of you and live like you're free and realize the ultimate price that was paid for your freedom for these chains to be removed. So this morning, I want you to realize that you've been set free. And what happens when we come to Jesus, when we really come to him, it means that we've been set free. That all of all have sinned and all that sin brings the penalty of death. But outside of Christ, outside of Christ, not knowing Christ, you're a prisoner to sin, you're a prisoner to yourself, you're a prisoner to the enemy. We are chained to our natural desires. You see these chains over here? We're chained to these natural desires before we come to Christ. But when we come to Christ, those chains are broken. Outside of Christ, we're, we, are, we don't live in that freedom. So it's only in Christ that we can be set free. And this is the good news of Jesus. Remember the words of John. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So from our text this morning, I want to consider four marks or checkpoints of being set free. And these will help bring into focus what it means and how you really will know how to know and actually how it is that we are set free. And listen, let's, let's not forget that the, the uh, first seven chapters of this letter in, in, in uh, Romans that Paul has told us about sin, he's told us about the penalty of sin, he's told us about the power of sin, and he's talked about the condition of a man's soul, he's talked about God's wrath, God's judgment, and he's talked about death. All leading up to this, Paul has painted this amazing picture showing the depravity of mankind. We have to understand, before Romans 8, there's a whole picture laid out for us. But he also told us about how to be set free through Jesus. So this morning, I want to I talk about these, these 11 verses in Romans 8. And the first thing that I want you to understand, and this is so important because so many believers lack this confidence. It's not confidence in yourself, but the first, person, the first verse I want you to look at, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation condemnation to those who are in Christ. The words no condemnation speak of the ultimate victory and the triumph found in Christ. Ultimately, because of our relationship to Christ, we do not have to face eternal punishment. We have been released from the chains of sin and shame. Understand that. These chains of shame, shame have been released and we can look forward to eternity knowing that greater is he that is within me than he that's within the world. If Jesus died, and he did, okay, remember Easter last week, a long time ago, but if he died, and he did, and he was buried, and he was, and if he rose again from the dead, and he did, then no enemy is left. It's gone because death, the last enemy, was defeated in Christ and we have the victory 
through that defeat. And so it's important that we have this confidence, church. And I think that so many people miss that. You know, the, the theologian Matthew Henry reminds us that this does not say, understand the scripture does not say that there is no accusation against them, because there is. But the accusation is thrown out. The indictment is quashed. He does not say, listen, he doesn't say there is nothing in them that deserves condemnation because there is. And, and they see it and they own it. That's us, right? And they mourn over it and they condemn themselves for it. But it will not ruin you. It will not ruin us. He doesn't say there is no cross, okay, <laughs> or no affliction to them or no pain in the, in the affliction, no pain in the suffering. There may be, but no condemnation. They may be chastened of the Lord. We may be, right? God chastens us. He disciplines us. Why? Because he loves us. But he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. See, we're not condemned with the world. You see, confidence is an amazing thing. That word, confidence and so many of you that are watching today, you lack that confidence. But understand, this is not confidence in, in and of ourselves. It's confidence in him and the cross and what the cross means for you and I and what these chains, what's happened with these chains. I want you to have confidence that when we come to Christ, because of Calvary, Calvary our sins are forgiven. They're washed away because of the empty tomb. We have been made right before God, and because of his grace, we have eternal life. Someone wrote it like this. It said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, I would, I would change that a little bit up and, and just say, God said it, that settles it, and we can be confident of it, right? Because of the Spirit's law that supersedes the law of Moses and brings life, it is the Spirit that seals up for eternity I want you to be confident this morning. That's my first point. The second point is the confirmation. Look at verses, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> three and four. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You may ask, just exactly how does this passage confirm our position of being set free in Christ? The overriding issue here, church, to understand is trust God and walk in the Spirit. I don't trust myself. I don't trust others that much to walk in the Spirit, but I trust God that he'll enable me and he'll help me as I lean on him and as I depend on him. The Bible says to trust in the Lord in all your ways and to lean not on your own understanding, but to acknowledge Christ. What does that mean? It means I can't do it on my own. I don't trust my fleshly, carnal, sinful desire or nature. But if you trust God, the confirmation becomes clear. If you question, listen, please get this. If you question God, then it's very difficult to comprehend. You see, here's the telling part. What the law could not do, the law, God did. Think about it. The law could condemn but could not correct. The law revealed our sin but could not release us from our sin. 
The law could show us wrong, but it could not make us right. But God made you right. Listen, God made you right. He made me right. That's what this cross is all about. And, and this is where we have to get beyond just knowing scripture and we have to know God. Do you understand that? He executed the only plan possible, possible for us to be saved from our sin. See, God sent his son, Jesus, in the flesh to become sin for us. He then allowed Jesus to fulfill the requirement of the law, which was death. It's the cross. Remember, Romans 6, 23, and I said it last week, for the wages of sin is death. You see, Jesus lived in the flesh in a world oppressed by sin, and he became the sin offering. In fact, he was not a sin offering. He was the sin offering. Once and for all, his death, in his death, we have the ability to die to sin and self and then to, to be risen again with him in a new way of life. When a person trusts Christ, trusts in that sacrifice on the cross, the result is that the Spirit of God now lives in him. And that, bam, that seals the mark. That's the mark. And that is the confirmation that you and I need. You know, I do a lot of stuff, um, and you do. You pay online. You pay your bills online. You might pay your phone bill online. And you know what the word confirmed means? When you pay your bills online or by phone or whatever, you get a confirmation number, right? And what does that confirmation number mean? It means it's done. I always wait for that number, right? Because I want to know it's done. There's a period at the end of the sentence that bill is paid it is done. Doesn't that feel good to do that when you pay a bill? You're like, hey, it's done. I got that one behind me. I was hoping to pay that off. Now it's done. The Spirit is our reference number. And it means that God has done it and it is enough. Understand that. So now the question becomes, is the Holy Spirit resident? Have you, understand, please hear me. Have you allowed God to set you free? And this is, this is for you believers because there's a lot of believers. Some have and some have not. Some are still walking around bound up with chains. Uh, that hurt. Some believers are still walking around like this. Some, listen, some of you at home, you've given your heart to Christ, but you're still, and I'm telling you, these chains are heavy. I'm glad I don't have to wear them the whole time. I might need Pastor Zach to help get me out. No, I'm just kidding. What? Am I stuck? Look at that. That was painful. I want you to get the point. What is the point? Some people have not allowed God to set them free. Please understand me. I went through all that rigmarole for you to get this. The Bible clearly teaches us that some who think they've let their chains down, have not. And others who think they have actually have it. So how do we know well? Well, Paul gives us a mark to answer this issue. And that is the next one I want to give you. It's called the contrast. Look at verse 5 through 7. Look at verse 5 through 7. It says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit... 
sorry. Uh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. We'll stop there at verse 7. We understand well about contrast, especially in our day and age, you know, on the national political landscape with all that's going on right now currently on the media, on the news with politicians and with all the, the corona nonsense that's happening. Uh, we've been inundated with contrast between different viewpoints, right? And we've seen the news reporters in all kinds of different ways. But Paul gives us a revealing list of contrasts of the person who walks in the spirit and the person who walks in the flesh. A simpler way to express this is the person who is in Christ and the person who's outside of Christ. We see the flesh is the lost person and the spirit is the saved person. The flesh thinks about the flesh, the things of the flesh. The spirit thinks about the things of the spirit. The flesh has a mindset of is death. The spirit mindset is life and peace. The, the flesh mindset is hostile towards God. The spirit mindset is the spirit of God lives within me. The flesh is unable to please God. To think about the things of the flesh is not, uh, is not to speak of an occasional thought that someone might have, but it's rather a, a, a pattern in a person's life. A pattern of thoughts doesn't mean that you're in the flesh if, you, if you're living in the spirit and you occasionally get a, a, an evil thought, right? I mean, if, if there was a bubble over all of our heads that told all of our thoughts, we'd be all, all be kind of embarrassed sometimes, right? But it's, it's that we don't have a pattern of these fleshly, carnal, evil, bad, sinful, ungodly thoughts. If you do, then I would question, are you in Christ? And is Christ in you? The psalmist wrote it this way. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So what is it that occupies your mind when you're at rest? When you have no problem to solve, no situation to address, no agenda, where does your mind gravitate? And I said this last week, your life will always go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. The lost person thinks about the things of the flesh. The saved person's mind is stayed on Christ. How does one have a mindset of death? I believe it's a, it's a continuation of thinking about the flesh. When we focus on the things of this world and this life, we know a couple of things. What, number one, there's going to be problems, and we know that death is coming. Why do we spend so much time thinking about what we cannot keep and so little time on what death cannot take away? The point is it's... it's taking those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, the saved person is filled with the thought of life and peace, which only come from Jesus. This is what he said, my peace I leave with you, not the peace that the world gives. If you're living riddled with chains and shame and all that nonsense, you're not living with the peace that God has for you. It's peace that surpasses all understanding. The word tra uh, that's used in this passage I just read in, in these verses, the word hostile translated in the King James Version is enmity. And it doesn't take a Bible scholar to realize that the word enmity and the word enemy are very close together, right? Other translations use the phrases like against God or oppose God. And honestly, I think that very few people would be brash enough to say, I, I oppose or I'm against God. 
Yet, how does Paul define this hostility? What does it mean to be hostile? Listen, stay with me. I just got one more point this morning, and I want you to hear this. You see, God resists the proud with those who are too arrogant to submit, and for those people that are too arrogant to submit to Christ, there is internal conflict and discord, and your, your insides are riddled with confusion and with chaos. And sometimes people that are like that, they don't even know why. And here's why. You've resisted God. You've not completely submitted to Christ. And therefore, you're still walking around with these. And some of you are still going to church. You're trying to read your Bible. You're doing these good things, but you have not completely submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And and by the way, well, before I say that, those who have the Spirit, have Christ in them, are led by the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there's joy, there's peace, there's comfort. So you can be in the midst of, of coronavirus chaos, and you can still have comfort. You can still have joy. You can still have peace. And by the way, those who are not in Christ cannot please God because people of faith please God. Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we've got to check our lives by these. Listen, I've been set free. My chains are gone. We sing those songs. And now we have seen the confidence and the confirmation which comes in Christ as we have been, I hope this morning, encouraged. We've seen the contrast that reminds us of the the separating line or the, the distinction between those who are in Christ and those who are outside of Christ. And those in Christ have been set free. Those outside of Christ have not been set free. There's a difference. Look at verses 8 through 11. This is number four, the condition. This is my final point this morning, the condition for being set free. Look at verses 8 through 11. We'll read them together. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you... Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I get excited about that. That's a, that's a good amen verse. Thank you very much. I, it's kind of hard to preach to an empty building. I have four fans here this morning, or five, that are trying to cheer me on. But, you know, it, that is a power, powerful verse. Many don't like it and attempt to change it, but we live in a world that's built on if-then conditions. If-then conditions. And I want you to see that. If you jump out of a plane, then what's going to happen? You will fall. If you put your hand in a fire, then you will get burned, right? If you poke a bear, then you better run. We'll just keep it at that, right? Um, This is the, and you better run fast, by the way. But understand, this is a world of if-thens. To be set free means that you have met God's conditions. If... Within you and me, 
we can sense the spirit of Christ, then this is our confirmation and our confidence that we have been set free. And by the way, I want you to understand this. There is no situation whatsoever where the spirit of God makes residence in someone and makes no impact on that life. And think about what that means. If Christ is in you, you are a different person than you used to be. The old is gone, the new has come. If others can't see that and you're not living that, then, then I would question because the Spirit of God takes residence in something, then there's an impact. Christ in a life makes a difference in your thought processes, in how you think, in your mindset. Why? Because when you are set free, there's a difference. Life is different. You get up in the morning and you face all the junk that you face and you hear all the pain and all the hurt and all the sorrow and all the heartache and all the, all the mess that's going on. But when Christ is in you, that doesn't have to bog you down. Do you realize that? This morning, I want to just end with a, a visual and, I, and we're not going to show you this clip on, online, but you can watch this clip if you want to go to YouTube today and, and just uh, do a YouTube search on Ernest Gordon. He was um, a former dean at the Presbyterian um, University of Princeton University, but he spent three years as a prisoner of war in Japan during World War II. He passed away in uh, 2002, not too long ago. Boy, I say that 2002 is not too long ago. That was, I guess, it's amazing how the older you get, 18 years doesn't seem like very long. But, you know, this was a true story. If you want to watch this movie, it's called To End All Wars. To End All Wars. And when this movie was released in 2002, there was a clip that shows a POW, a prisoner of war, being set free from death by the sacrifice of his good friend. The, the, the axe was about to come down, if you will, and we didn't want to show something as well that might upset young ones, but if you really want to watch this, and, and you know, it's just like watching, um, not just like, it, a little different, but you can watch The Passion of the Christ, you get the same visual, the same picture, and, and this is why I love to, to be reminded every year to watch The Passion of the Christ, but when I watch this, I see the imagery in this clip, and every time I read about what Jesus has done for me, that he set me free from the law of sin and death. It, it does something in your heart and it, it, I hope that it renews your commitment because of what Jesus did for me. And you ask me, well, how, how do I know? How do I know he lives? He set me free and he lives in me and I know the chains and the shackles and I know the guilt and the shame that I used to carry. I don't carry anymore because he set me free and he can set you free. And if you're not living like you're free, now's a great time to, to just re-consecrate your heart to the Lord, to make a, a, new, a new commitment. See, this is the condition of Christ that changes you from the inside out. And that's why I love that song. We do so many worship songs that Sean picks that are so powerful and I, I love them so much. But if you're walking the same old road, you don't have to walk that anymore. You can live like and walk like and understand that you've been set free. You may be at home today and you may say, well, you know, I've, I'm, I've been a believer, pastor, but I'm riddled with, I still fall back to my old ways. You know, the proverb says, 
like a dog who returns to his own vomit is a fool who, who continues to return to his own sin. We've all seen that ugly, gross picture, another a gross visual, right? But we, we, wanna, we, we tend to want to do that because that's our, that's our fleshly nature, isn't it? Well, what do we do about that? We die to those thoughts. As I said last week, and I want to reiterate, sin that's destroyed in your mind will not become a part of your future. And that's why I, I have that quote written down in the front of my Bible that a person's life will always go in the direction of his most dominant thoughts. I want you to be confident and I want you to rest on the fact that Christ has set you free. It's not about how good you can be. It's not about how much you can get your stuff together. It's about how much you can submit and die to yourself and say, Christ, I submit myself completely to your lordship and therefore I'm going to live like a man that's been set free. Amen? So this morning, if you're at home, I, I hope that you continue to live like that. Uh, I'm excited about us getting back together, guys. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. But I just want you to be encouraged today. And I felt like after last week's message on chains, um, we needed to really have that reminder that because of the cross, we've been set free. Thank you, Jesus, I've been set free. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for what it means to be able to walk in that freedom. Lord, I pray that every single man and woman and young person who's watching online today or who might watch later would get this message and would have a confidence not in ourself but in Christ and in the cross and what Calvary means that we do not have to carry those sh uh, chains of shame, of sin, of guilt, of condemnation because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would get that message today and it would penetrate deep into our hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would help to reveal that understanding to us today as children of God that we've been set free. And Lord, for those that are watching today that have never committed their heart to Christ, may today be the day of reckoning that all we simply have to do is to acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior, to admit our sins, to confess them, and to turn from that way of life and to submit to you. If there's someone watching today that needs to give their heart to Jesus, Lord, may today be that day. In your name we pray, amen. And listen, if that's you and you're home and, and you want to, uh, commit your heart to Jesus. You need, need some help. That's what we're all about at this church, right? That's, that's the whole reason this church exists is to help guide, lovingly guide people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he's come to give life and life more abundantly. He's come to set you free. And if you want help walking down that road, all you gotta do is give us a call, send us an email. We'd love to talk to you more. God bless you. We'll see you next week. We, we will be live streaming again next week but hopefully not long after that. Not gonna give too much away, but hopefully not long after that. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Remember, we'll be on uh, tomorrow night at 6.30, Sean and I, with just a, a few songs and a word of encouragement. It's online Zoom, so you need to check in with the church office if you don't have that, um, that address to connect yet through the Zoom link. And then we'll be on uh, Wednesday night. For those of you who want to partner with Center Point Church, give us an email or a phone call. We'll talk to you more about it. It's going to be a class for four weeks that Pastor Zach and I will do right online on Zoom. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in his presence. Enjoy the sunshine today. Take care.